I like Blake. Blake, when we were getting ready to do BS this week, you mentioned you mentioned something I needed to look at, but you gave me a very specific timeline, which is during Fight Boys. And yep. that is the fact that James Ellsworth has a new action figure. And I uh. have held it in to look and see what the fuck it looks like until today. So right now is about to be my genuine reaction right. to the oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible! It has the it has the bad offspring tattoo on the shoulder and everything. Mm-hmm. I love the offspring tattoo. Like the fact that they included that. He looks like a mm. Dark Souls villain. <laughs> he has the like you would expect like half a fucking like dinosaur would pop out of the top of his head. I'm here to take half of your health away, and you can't roll away from yeah, me. I am, James Ellsworth. I am the world eater, James Ellsworth. I have two hands, and now you've only got none. You've only I took got your hands. none. Very eloquent <laughs> words. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Making their way down the aisle. They are the greatest podcasting tag team in all of time and space. They are Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, and they are the B-Hats. And joining them, as always, he is the Lord of the Smart Side. He is the Dylan. And together, they are known as the Fight. So welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly podcast about professional wrestling and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm your host, Scotty Moore, joined this week, as always, by my tag team partner in crime. He is he, the B, the man known as Blake Tanner. Yeah. And joining us as always, coming straight from the big FL, it is the Dylan. Hello. <laughs> Greetings. Hello. Hello, my name is Good Dylan. Good day. Shit's happening. So, an amazing pay-per-view. Amazing pay-per-view this weekend. I mean, all the <laughs> matches blew me out of the water. In terms of the fact that they had the balls to actually book them. Well, Oh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, they blew something out of the water. Was, well, it was an amazing... Guys, it was an amazing <laughs> pay-per-view. All the matches were beautiful. I couldn't believe some of the decisions. All the shocking things that happened. But enough about the JWF Big Balls pay-per-view. Let's talk about <laughs> Battleground. Oh, oh, fuck. Like, at some point, just like even my predictions, I didn't want. I was just like, uh, what? Although, to Can be- I... Okay, go on. Oh, can I tell you just, like, what my thought process was the day of? Because I was really excited to watch the pay-per-view, because it was the first one that we had our predictions with, and then as the day went on and on, it got closer and closer to 7 o'clock, and I I just didn't want to watch it. I had this bad feeling, I had these vibes, and I instead I watched a movie. You just watched some random movie. No, I believe your exact text to me was, instead of Battleground, I watched the trailer for uh, Thor Ragnarok for three hours, and it was so much better. (laughs) 
Oh, I watched all the Comic Con trailers that oh, night. Oh, it was great. It was great. Um, mm-hmm. I watched part of it. I came into it during the John Cena and Rusev match. The flag match. <laughs> the the listen. Which... We need to bury Rusev the rest of the way match. <laughs> We need to finish it. Remember, remember when that guy was an unstoppable monster back in 2015? Like, <sighs> if you approach it thinking you are going to watch an amazing technical wrestling, like, amazing match, it was not good. However, if you watched it like a cheesy 80s action movie, it was the best if shit you... ever. Like, there was a point where Rusev was about to put, like, the fucking flag down. He was about to gain victory. And then John Cena's hand, as if trying to save America itself, grabs the base of the flag, like, no, not today. Not Bulgaria, our number one rival. (laughs) And then pushes the flag away. And then, like, uh, it's bad because I did predict the ending. The minute that they set up the tables right next to the where the U.S. Oh, flag yeah, podium absolutely. was, I was AA like, through both those moments. Oh like, yes, like fucking attitude <laughs> adjustment through it. The only thing I got wrong about it is I thought John was going to be holding the U.S. flag in one hand as he attitude adjustment Rusev, so then he could just stand up and plant it. Instead, it kind of fell to the side of the platform, so John had to do the awkward shuffle of just like walk down and grab it. Oh no, my muffins! <laughs> Very good description. John, my muffins, you know, ran down and was just like, oh no, guys, my muffins. Every time every time he does like one of those hasty little awkward movements, he puts his hands in front of him, he's just shuffling away. It's like, John, you gotta go get those muffins. John, where you muffins at? And then, of course, I believe I stopped paying attention for Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis. Which I'm sure was a match. That I mean, happened. to be fair, it was a Mike Bennett match. It, so like, yeah. you can only be disappointed by a Mike Bennett match if you have expectations. All right. Um, <laughs> and then I wish I'd seen Kevin versus AJ. A just for the shock factor, and then B also for the. I'm sure that was the only match that was. No, decent. no, no. The the tag match from what I've seen yeah. of the highlights of it, Xavier Wood did a yeah. springboard elbow. Literally like Shane McMahon all the way across pinpoint accuracy. It was beautiful. The the Kevin Owens AJ now, match, I watched the finish of, and like they, they had like the worst camera angle for it. Because AJ was trying to get the Kevin to tap out from the calf crusher and like Kevin like rolled AJ up, but the ref like was like dazed and was like one two <laughs> Three and like everybody in the crowd was just like, why the fuck didn't AJ just let go? Right. <laughs> like you can tell that they're Would holding back for that match for SummerSlam for like the big blow off where they like you know Kevin Owens pulls his like John Cena performance and he does like the the like turnaround springboard moonsault and like the 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 bullfrog splash and like the all of his. Like, his his package, whatever it is that's not actually a pile driver, like, he does all the big moves. The package pile driver tease that instantly makes anybody mm-hmm. who's ever seen Ring of Honor mad. It only, it, it, it only makes me mad because I just want him to do it once, just so... I want him to bring it back, like, every once in a while, just so Chase Owens can, has to stop doing it in New Japan. Oh, yeah. No, I like talking about the tag team match. One thing I did not realize 
until they did an interview about it on the website is this is the first ever championship that Xavier Woods actually got the pin to win. Yeah. So after years of the like the 434 day reign of the New Day, Xavier did not do shit. No, he defended it. He he successfully helped defend it twice. And then technically in that latter match like at Night of I guess it was Night of Champions with the, with a great call yeah. of like and you know what else? This is a no DQ match and he like pinpoint through the trauma he Francesca to hit uh Kalisto in the back. Like just beautiful, beautiful, crisp, like Tom Brady throw. Yeah. Like that was that was also amazing. That was on par with I don't know if you've um, seen the clip. It was from an old Christmas episode mm. of SmackDown. And it's my favorite clip to show non wrestling mm-hmm. fans. And it is during a uh it's one of those weird like gimmick street matches that they always have. I think it was a miracle on thirty fourth street fight between yep. Oh God, who was he fighting? It was Randy Orton and somebody. Was it Dean and uh, no, I don't think it was Dean. This was before Dean existed. Oh, okay. The, I can't remember who he was facing. It might was it Jinder? I honestly think it might have been Jinder Mahal. Was it, wait, was it the Hold John on Cena one where there were packages and he opens up the package and it has a steel chair in it and he looks excited? No, no, no. This is even better. No, it was David Otunga. It was David Otunga. And Randy has beat the shit out of David Otunga. And then David's trying to run just to get away from Randy. At which point, Randy grabs one of the presents off the ground and full-on fucking pulls back and whips it in Otunga's head. And then Otunga falls to the ground, taking the bump of the century. And then even Orton stares and then just starts fucking laughing. He's losing his shit. Because he's like, did not think that will work. <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, with Battleground talking about the main event, wherein I have never been more sad, more sad to have lost a prediction. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've never been more happy. It's the return of the century. It's the return of the century. The greatest, greatest, most gigantic return. I just remember seeing, like, firstly, the fact that me and you both said that there was going to be a cash-in. The more I watched the match and the way it was set up, the more I was like, well, then they'd have to raise both cages. <laughs> leaving. Oh, shit. This is probably a really bad plan. And then, of course, Randy starts climbing, and then you just hear, <laughs> and then out comes Great Kali, and I went, fuck. <laughs> Fuck on every what? level. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't explain my face when I I saw Kali return. I was I'm sure it was a mixture of disbelief, horror, and extreme See, satisfaction. I saw the picture afterwards because I was at I was at work when the pay per view was going on, and I looked at like the the the. Bleacher Report, like, post, whatever. It was a picture of, like, Kali holding the belt and, like, gender, whatever. And I was just like, is that back from whenever, uh, like, Kali was SmackDown champion? And I was like, no, wait, that's Rip gender. Was that from the night? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst part was earlier yesterday, my dad was just like, hey, have you heard who's backstage? And I'm like, no. And he's just like, mm-hmm. he's pretty great. I was like, fuck, no. 
No. Have you heard of, of have you heard about the actual uh, Hindu commentary for the match and like the like alternate reality? No. That they paint? What? Oh, that Ginger's actually yeah, that a baby Ginger's face? Yeah, Ginger's a clear baby face and, like, heroic and that Randy Orton's the evil American and that, like, good on the Singh brothers for helping, like, stand up to, to him and someone twice their size even though they're interfering with the match and they're trying to help keep Ginger, who sh- is the only person who should be champion, champion. And Kali coming out was yeah. helping, like, support his countrymen, yeah. not cheating. Fuck Western imperialism. Yeah, but you know what? You know, you, 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 but you know who's going to stand up to stand up for Western imperialism? Do 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 do. Captain America, <laughs> Captain America Jorts himself, John Cena, is going. I I my, I, I hold tr- I hold by that prediction. I will whenever we do the SummerSlam predictions. I'm keeping that one. That John Cena is gonna like AA the Great Khali and then Gender on top of him, pin Gender, and then Baron Corbin's gonna come in and like lone yeah. w- lone wolf smash. Stop. Oh no! One of my personal—I can only get so erect. <laughs> one of my personal favorite moments in the Pujami Prison match, however, is it's—it's it's essentially a cage match. It is a match mm-hmm. where you have to win by escaping the cage, via climbing it, possibly walking out of a door, and then one of the fucking Singh brothers. Like that fucking hippo in that viral video just kind of sneaks out of the cage. He just sleep, slinks through a hole in the cage and then is just like, fuck it, I'm outside now. And I'm like, that's not how this works. No. That's not how this should work at all. This is a fucking cage match. Stay in there. I really would. I would love if Randy just saw him do that. All he did, he just like pops out of the hole. Yeah, then Match Ra- over. No, Randy I climbs win. back down, goes over to the hole that the uh, Singh brother just went through, and then just crawls through it himself, and is like, "Fuck it, I win. I'm champion." I'm By the way, I would like to point out. Th- I would no. like to point out that the Singh brothers are like MVP of this subpar feud, and the fact that they're just like, "How can we spice this up? What if, what if like every pay per view, it looks like one of us just dies?" <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, just, also, just, uh, just you... cringeworthy table bumps. Just like ev- the last three SmackDown pay per views. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also talking about who. I, well, now it's been officially announced who Roman Reigns is facing at SummerSlam. The Fatal Four Way was mm-hmm. announced earlier tonight. However, I do like what happened mm-hmm. on Twitter earlier today, which was uh, Roman Reigns tweeted out, "Told y'all on the big fight." Heard Philadelphia was a little quiet tonight. Better bring their best when we return. Hashtag raw. Hashtag my yard. At which point... (laughs) Out comes John. Big match John just says, Pride always comes before the fall. Don't get too... (laughs) Don't get too far ahead of yourself, young man. But if you want a big fight, careful what you wish for. Hashtag raw. What the fuck, John? So shit, John, so, don't. So so God, here's the no. thing. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how mad would everybody in this chat be if the main event for the next next WrestleMania was was champion versus champion John Cena versus Roman Reigns? Who uh, wins? Well, 
Who do you think wins? Th that's Nobody. The universe implodes. I thought you were about to be like, no, the universe wins. No. We all win. The, universe, two the WWE universe. No. Roman Roman Reigns wins so that he can he can main event and be like the the uh, the the big the big dog for the fourth straight pay-per-view in a move unprecedented since the Hulk Hogan yeah. era of the rock and roller era rock and wrestling area era of wrestling. Well, you know what? See, I think that the this Roman guy, I think that he's got something. You know, I think that he really just needs that one big moment, that one big coronation. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, doesn't matter how many WrestleManias he's main evented, he just needs this one to or do Or how it. many Undertakers right? he's retired, or how many <laughs> championships he's won. This guy really needs his moment, his WrestleMania Have you ever moment. noticed that everybody he's faced in the main event of WrestleMania has been somebody that, like, who's popular, who's, like, peak was in the 2000s? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah, was, of course. First Taker, it was first mm -hmm. Taker was yeah, first, all the no, way. No, no, Taker Taker had his, had his like his second peak like in the like the big evil era of his career. Uh yeah. but uh yeah, first mm -hmm. it was Brock who like was coming in and was his peak was when he when he was the next big thing and then it was uh then he faced Triple H who like Reign of Terror was in the early 2000s, then Taker and now with John Cena, who was like arguably at his peak in like the late 2000s. So really, I'm looking forward to the WrestleMania next year when like I, I I have to where they have to figure out oh crap, there's no one relevant left for him to ha like quote unquote retire. Mm -hmm. So and then out comes the animal Batista. <laughs> Batista. You know for a fact that see, see that's so, what I love about Batista. Batista has too much self respect to mm. ever do that. Yeah. Batista doesn't need WWE anymore at this point. I am Drax the fucking destroyer. I yeah, will exactly. destroy Roman Reigns. Not in a wrestling match. I'm going to bring the knives Drax uses in Gardens of the Galaxy. <laughs> I'm going to stab him in the ring. I want to know how much money it would take to get Batista draxed out and come in with a Balor-style entrance just being Drax. Well, the problem I'm seeing with this is they couldn't even afford to bring in Stephen Amell as the Green Arrow. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be like, well, now we need to bring in no. Drax. Hey, Disney. Hey, Disney. Vince McMahon here. Old buddy. Ha -ha. Old pal. Oh, how are you doing, how you doing? Hey Mix, I was wondering, could we, could we, could we get our, could we get our old buddy Batista uh, as Drax the Destroyer? You know, oh. we'll do. what are you talking what? about? You oh. know, just get him to come in as a, a little cameo. Maybe he works a match as Drax comes in, fucks up a guy or two. Are you saying that we at Disney World have a character called Drax the Fucking Destroyer? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right. Speaking, uh, go, going back uh, to battlegrounds and outside of the uh, and things I've destroyed. A, it was the predictions, but uh, B, another thing that was destroyed is Shinsuke Nakamura's credibility as a wrestler as part of the main roster for the WWE. Well, you know, we talk about yeah. we, we've joked in the past that I think that we think Vince McMahon listens to our ideas for when we book things, and now I think he's stealing gimmicks. 
because uh, while Baron Corbin did not come out in a sun hat sipping a mimosa, he did steal the gimmick of our current JWF champion, ending the match with a fucking low blow. I was like, well, shit, guys, come on. That's kind Big of our run. gimmick. Between, between Gallows and Anderson and Nakamura, like, it's clear that, like, like, anybody who's on the indies right now should look at those three wrestlers and be like, this is why you never go to WWE. Because, like, sure, you get paid, but your credibility is destroyed because you're just used as a means to prove that, like, every company that's not the WWE is shittier. It's like, it's like the thing where uh, Taz jobbed out to mm-hmm. Triple H on a random SmackDown. As the ECW champion, well, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, let's I let's not pretend that, that they've just started doing this. They've done this since WCW. Correct. However, folded. this is like the well, most. Yeah, but I wouldn't argue that they're exactly destroying Shinsuke's credibility. Name a good match he's had on a pay per view. You can't. There's only been two. They are. Uh, yeah, there's only been two singles matches. Both of them sucked. The one against Ziggler was terrible, and then he got low blowed and like destroyed by Baron Corbin. Like, where does he go from here? Nowhere. But, yeah, I think they can, all they need for Shinsuke is one good opponent. There isn't anybody. And that's Sammy. Like, anything. They could just No, they already like, did that match. Right, you it's, know what? Like, SmackDown is in such a weird goddamn place now since the shakeup. Like, they were, they were in a yeah. position of complete dominance. And then it's like, it's, it's, I feel like it's the same when, as when Paul Heyman was running the SmackDown 6. And, like, they sabotaged SmackDown because they didn't want it to be the better program. Like, I feel like putting the, the championship on gender and just, like, making the pay-per-view shittier was just a way to, like, make sure that Raw was seen as the better show. Well, to be, it is kind of being the better show. Yeah, lately. because, uh... like, ever since Jinder Mahal became the WWE champion, like, every, nothing, yeah. like, like, the show has just gone downhill completely. Well, it's made less sense, because I yep. think they were trying to play up the whole SmackDown is the land of opportunity, so therefore everybody gets a shot. But unfortunately, the way they're showing that is by being like, we're going to give people who it does not make sense to give them a shot. They are giving. They gave a dude who has been a complete and utter, like, jobber lose fez dude on Raw. Then they sent him to SmackDown, and it's like, oh, he's champion now. Guess he wasn't. Um, good enough for Raw, but look at what happens when he oh, goes yeah. to SmackDown. That, he must. That does say something about the dichotomy of Jinder Mahal as champion. Is this idea of like, well, on Raw he was a jobber, but on SmackDown he's a champion. What does that say about the SmackDown roster? Ladies that and they are less important than the 1.5 billion potential customers in India who don't actually have good enough internet to stream the WWE Network. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know how they could get some money. <laughs> It's if they just... Well, hold on. They mm-hmm. won't get money. But if they just set up their own merch store, like we have, over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Merch.aloadofpurebs.com is the website where you can go get shirts, merchandise for all your favorite BS Network shows. You can get shirts for a load of BS, for my book, Quizzle Corp. And, of course, we have shirts for the fight boys ladies and gentlemen we got shirts for uh that let you know lets everybody know that you're a fight boy for life we got shirts for all of your favorite jwf wrestlers we've got shirts for the vwo shirts for the bs and even shirts for everyone's new favorite low-blowing motherfucker brunch boy baron corbin (laughs) 
But if you want one of those, all you got to do is head on over to merch.aloadofpurebs.com and click in the Fight Boys section, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, in other in, in other news, um, I don't I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but um, apparently Jim Cornette just does not like Kenny Omega. This seems like breaking news. Um, oh, I pulled those tweets. I've actually got those tweets pulled up. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got them. I've got them. And then actually, Jim has been fighting not with Kenny, but with people who are like who are fans of Kenny. So Kenny himself yep. is just like, "Hey guys, fucking whatever. I don't give a shit." But Jim is going. My favorite one was that Kenny yes. was like, "Listen, I respect you, but I can't have this negativity like like." Uh, clogging up my my timeline because we're in the G1s. If you could just not tag me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I, hey, Jim, I, like I like you and all, but just get... Go, just go away. Oh, go no, no. Away. I'm a big fan of the first tweet because they were talking about, like, well, Kenny doesn't do any of those, like, weird DDT gimmick matches that you hate so much. At which point, Jim goes, yeah, I heard Dahmer quit eating people before he got caught. Fuck you, Kenny Omega. If he wants to be respected as a wrestler, too fucking late. He went from yeah, zero did. to Hitler, didn't yeah, he? Uh, well, okay, and then uh, then a normal person just goes, I don't know. I mean, even Stone Cold used to be the ringmaster. Wrestlers change and get better. Now, to be fair, not a good analogy, but still, I understand what he's saying. Uh, Steve Austin never blatantly shit on the sport. He's given a poor gimmick, but persevered. Omega delights in being a phony video game fuck. At which point, I feel uh, like, hey. the real MVP, the real MVP of this was at official real TMB Todd Ball, who just said, "You wrestled a Ninja Turtle. Should we not respect you despite all the great work you've done?" At which point, Jim, despite the fact someone's just like dropped the mic of, "Hey, you once wrestled a fucking turtle," he goes, "That turtle was a grown man who could have probably whooped me. Not a grade school kid or an animate object. Nice try, Turd Blossom." Uh, I, uh, here's the, here's the thing, here's the thing, I have, like, like, this, this weird love-hate relationship, uh, or love-hate, like, ideal of Jim Cornette, because there are times where, like, you just can't, like, 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 ignore how good of a talker Jim Cornette has been, is, and probably always will be, uh, but then there are other times when you're just, like, uh, I, I, it ha- it ha- at this point, it has to be a work. He has to know that by doing this and by like doing that, he's getting himself more press. More people are knowing about him. More, if it's good or bad, it's like back when he was a manager, saying inflammatory shit to people was how he got his name around. And I don't think he's ever let go of that yeah. carny BS of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite was they were talking about how safe of a worker he is. Like, hey, Kenny didn't fucking make this child cry he's such a safe worker what are you on lsd that's the point five minutes with an eight-year-old girl and he doesn't hurt her makes it phony bullshit are you blind what what <laughs> that was the one that kenny that was the one that kenny replied to with like listen dude can you just not tag me <laughs> oh yeah no no uh, after all this kenny omega i like you jim but if you want to try and bury me please don't tag me in it we just started the G1, and I can't have this polluting my timeline. Thanks. Like, damn! The ultimate! Uh, oh, that's the most, like, 
Uh, let me just deal with this, Kate. All right, bye. Mm -hmm. He was Thanks, he was like man. filming an episode of Being the Elite and was like, guys, hold on, let me take care of this real quick. All right, no. back to it, guys. <laughs> then, uh, let's All right, see. so we're gonna get red shoes to two sweetest this week, right? <laughs> we're yeah, red we're gonna do that. Um, if uh, if if uh, Kenny failed any of those moves, we would have had a girl in the ring crying, and we didn't. So you're saying Kenny Omega is such a weak, ineffective pussy of a wrestler, he physically can't make an eight-year-old girl cry. Jim, why do you want to see this child crying so badly? <laughs> this Jim Cornette, he only wants to see children this cry. This just in, Jim Cornette really wants to see children cry. Uh, that's probably his only goal left in life. Is to make children cry. Uh, and meanwhile, I would love... Okay, if we're just building this um, this idea that Kenny was filming Being the Elite, looking at his tweets, he would then look over to the Young Bucks, who went down on Twitter and just saw from at WWE Bray Wyatt, the Young Bucks are really good, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Did not... Did not, like, fucking at reply them. Nothing. Didn't capitalize it. It's just Bray Wyatt just like... Man, I'm really into the Young Bucks. Anyways. Young boys. Oh, what was that? What else was I doing? What else was I doing? What have I been doing for the last six months? The last six months. Apparently I'm fucking, fucking up Finn Balor shit nowadays, but... Oh, you think that's what it is? He's just like, man, Finn like, Balor, I'm gonna say how good your friends are, but you're a piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck you, hey, Finn, Finn Balor. remember your friends? You remember your friends that kicked you out of Japan? They're cool. I like them. I like Fuck Bray Wyatt. Is now, Bray Wyatt's now becoming like a fucking high school bully. He's just <laughs> like, hey, Finn, man. Finn, man. Your friends are really Finn. cool. They're hanging out with me at my party tonight. Why aren't they hanging out with you, Finn? They're all Young coming. Bucks. They're all coming Finn's over. Finn's been lying right? to you. Yeah, let me tell you something. He's been lying. Finn, me and the Young Bucks are going to have a sleepover party tonight with Cheez-Its and watching Mean Girls. You're not invited. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, did the Bucks tell you that they were they were going to be busy? They couldn't hang out? Nah, man. They with the Bray. They're in my house. We're watching Love Song with Miley Cyrus. It's an emotional story, Finn, and you're not invited. <laughs> The Bullet Club boys are my family now. Come here, boys. He just keeps saying boys. Bullet boy fam, boys, bullet boys. Boys in my house. Boys. What? Boys house, boys, boys, young boys, bucks, boys, 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 bucks. We're gonna watch Talladega Nights. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby and you're not invited, Finn Balor. <laughs> um... In other news, uh, Shane McMahon elbow-dropped the fucking world. By not dying when yes, he should he have for the third straight time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just love the fact, I can't remember who it was, I think it was X-Pog was talking about it, and X-Pog was just like, yeah, I skydived with, uh, I skydived with Shane once, and, uh, I was real nervous about it. Meanwhile, I look <laughs> over, Shane did a fucking reverse moonsault out of the airplane. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty Shit. sure. Ever since that think... Steve Blackman bump, he's just like I'm invincible. It doesn't matter yeah. now. It's like that didn't kill me. Shane Fuck McMahon it. What are you gonna no do, fear. God? 
Shane says the accident was very unnerving. What the fuck? Who says that? A real person would just be like, it was fucking terrifying. Meanwhile, Shane was like, well, I was a little bit unnerved. I've been through worse, though. Like, what the fuck, mm -hmm. Shane? Like that time that I jumped off of the hell in a cell. Bounced off that, sh bounced off that shit like a basketball off That's a court. <laughs> yep. Uh, you remember that time I fell onto Big Show from that tall thing? Uh, I jumped off a TV once. I jumped off a TV once. We understand. We think the man is, the man is going crazy. He's saying these wild things. Like he jumped off a 15 foot cage onto a dead man. It's like no, no, he actually did that. It's a little bit insane. No, he's good. Yeah, he's good. No, I really can't wait for SmackDown tomorrow when they reveal that that uh, helicopter pilot was his son. <laughs> Chad Gable. This is his son all along. Chad Gable. Gable. Me and my son Chad Gable were driving. They were going across the Atlantic Ocean in a fucking helicopter, and then the helicopter fell. The helicopter's also my son. I really hope. I really hope. I really hope. Brings back the ready, willing, and Gable towels now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But then I also went, I went swimming through the ocean with my son Gable and our in his brother helicopter. Then we found an electric eel, and uh, it turns out when I was in college, I dated an electric eel. And then nine months later, that eel had a baby, and that baby came to me. It's like what the fuck, Shane? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Shane. <laughs> I've had a weird life. Hey guys, you remember? You remember that TV I jumped off of? <laughs> TV was my job. No, that TV, you know, the TV we got now, I hired it, because it's my son. <laughs> Welcome to the newest, newest SmackDown roster member, Helicopter Jones. <laughs> oh, Helicopter Jones is one hell of a wrestler, let me tell you that right now. Yep. What? Wait, what's happening? Helicopter <laughs> Jones is, he's flying up. Oh my god, Shane McMahon's getting out of the cockpit. He's gonna jump off a of helicopter, Jones! Oh my God! Helicopter Jones, no! Oh God, that would be the ultimate finishing move. Helicopter Jones has the ability to jump off the top rope, and it doesn't matter where his uh, opponent is; he can just hover in air and fly over, and then drop himself onto them. Yeah, I don't know that if Helicopter Jones would even have to jump off the top rope. He just Fly. You know, Helicopter Jones has one hell of a discus clothesline, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, mmm. His head's gone. You oh, man, you... he's gone. He's straight up dead. Oh, shit. Dead. That's the... Oh, that was, that was the Singh Brothers once. Dead. Dead, dead. 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 Dead, 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 me, more. That's I right, ladies and gentlemen. This. It's time. It's time for the weekly segment that makes everybody sad. Jesus Welcome to Christ. Talking Back, everybody. The podcast <sighs> where we talk about and respond to conversations with the big guy, the Ryback Podcast. Dylan's gone, Scotty. Dylan's straight up gone. <laughs> No. Oh, I was like, oh no, we lost him. No, apparently... D you you ran Dylan away. Well, last week, we... we uh, I don't know if... It, I don't think it made it into the show, but we did discuss um, some things Ryback talked about on his last podcast, mm -hmm. including uh, the phrase, women can't climb ladders. 
And apparently that was a lot more in-depth than we thought. Because apparently Ryback on his podcast just goes, You know, that's what I think the women are lacking today is playing up their sexiness. They did a body slam or whatever, but then they got on the top rope and were just like shaking their ass. I mean, like, if a girl did that today, she'd be the most over-diva on the roster. That's why I like Melina oh. doing the splits. N- yeah, hold on. I would like to ask, like, how did we jump from women can't climb ladders to they're not being sexy enough? Well, it gets better, because he throws it in randomly. That's why I like Melina doing the splits. Not to be a creep, that's just what makes women different from men. Because the women, they can do all the moves. Not as good as the guys. <laughs> they can't climb ladders. We'll talk about that. That's a joke, guys. Like, right back, that's not a joke. That's sexism. That's a whole mm-hmm. lot of sexism. At which point, uh, no, that's the one thing they have over man. Sexuality. Men can sit there and tell their wives that, no, I'm just watching wrestling. And then they cu- that comes on and they get away with watching it. They should play up that. I'm not saying I mean, they gotta he go. Makes it, he he, what, he just on? makes it sound like it's like you're get, you're just getting off on re- to wrestling. I'm like, not saying they gotta go shake their ass on the top rope. Just play up the sexuality a little more. It's very subtle. It's so subtle. And apparently oh. somebody re- like took the audio and tweeted it out with the caption, Ryback is a fucking idiot. And a shit ton, uh, 649 retweets, almost 2,000 likes, including a like from uh, former WWE Women's Champion Charlotte. I mean, now, fuck yeah. If you were Ryback, at this point, you'd be like, guys, I've made a mistake. I said a bad. I did a bad. Yes. So therefore, I retract so my statements. Instead, if you weren't dumb as fuck. Instead, he went and doubled down. Yeah, he just posted a video of him watching a Charlotte match, and Charlotte gets on the top rope, and he just goes, "Yeah, shake that ass, Charlotte, shake that ass." Damn. I mean, this—he's doing it for attention at this. I know. This like, is, that's all he does. Don't you dare do an athletic move, shake. This that is why ass. I don't support this segment. <laughs> oh, look! I don't. I don't care about us talking about Ryback because fuck Ryback. I'd put no effort into yeah. this. I it's I just, just bring it up because I like to talk about the news. And he's never not in the news. He is a stain upon this wrestling news. But I have to bring it up, including a point where apparently he was talking about why CM Punk started to dislike him. And, you know, every once in a while, Punk, the crowd would chant CM Punk. And so Punk would grab his hands and pump him. He'd be like, yeah, CM Punk, CM Punk. He'd be like, fuck yeah, you're chanting my name. That's awesome. At which point, apparently, he went back to the back and Ryback was there. In his boots, and he said, I don't appreciate you doing that. That was taken away from me. That was my thing. I got it over. So apparently he thought CM Punk doing the CM Punk, CM He was like, no, that's the feed me more chant. I'm not allowed to do the feed me more chant. How dare you take it away from me? And I'm like, fucking no. That's just the thing. What? My head has been firmly implanted into my face for, like, the last 30 seconds. My glasses just fell off <laughs> the desk. I, I, can't, I can't deal with just this level of 
utter disappointment that I have found in my fellow human being, Ryan Reeves. Hey, hey, Blake Tanner, show him respect. His name is Ryback Reeves. He got it changed. <laughs> yeah, he will fuck himself. Um, also, I'll call hey, him hey, Trash listen, Boat. Trash listen, Boat. Listen, Scotty, if you could find like a local indie that he's working, which is probably likely to happen in Alabama, because it's probably the only place you can get booked. You could, you could go up to him and like just. Call him a dumb fuck for us. We'd appreciate that. <laughs> I will. I will. But then I would immediately buy merch. I'd be like, "Can you please sign it? I'm dumb as fuck. Thank you." Uh, apparently, he did a signing at New York Eternal Con, and his apparent like it was very last minute, and he wasn't advertised. And a CM Punk fan took a picture of him having no. And line no one showed up. Giggled. Did he get Virgiled? He got Virgiled. He got Stone Cold Virgiled, and instead of got just being Virgil. like, ah, I got Virgiled, I'm just gonna be fine about it, instead, he decides to fucking talk shit to the guy, the fan who was giggling, he uh, be by saying, Nobody I, wants I, I got the one CM Punk fanboy, and I knew it was him and his wife walking by on Sunday, and they were a heavy set couple, which is irrelevant, which is irrelevant. It's like, oh, yeah. That's it's like, totally oh, irrelevant fuck. to bring up the fact that they were heavy set. But you know what? They're fucking marks. And he kept looking over at my table, and I'm not advertised. And you know, I'm there, and some people come by. It's a constant flow of people. And we all go through periods of when people are at your table or aren't there. That's just what these things are. But this one guy's walking by, and he's looking over, belly laughing, hunched over, laughing hysterically. And I'm thinking, I'd like nothing more than to get up right there and snap this motherfucker's neck. Jesus, Ryback. Just get it. And Fuck. that's why I'm God. not going to go to a fucking indie that Ryback is at. Because I'm going to have an appearance on fucking conversations with the big guy. Yeah, this little ginger fuck came by and he asked me to sign sign his fucking 8x10. And put I was dumb as fuck on it. Fucking Mark, he was kind of heavy set too, piece of shit. And that's what you need to do, DDP yoga. Do, some DDP. <laughs> do that DDP yoga, DDP ladies yoga. and gentlemen. <laughs> Get on the Twitter and <laughs> hashtag DDP. <laughs> and um, as we as we mock Jericho for doing those weird ass plugs, leads into us doing our plug for Patreon.com/slash Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, Patreon.com/slash Fight Boys is the website where you can go to help give back to these Fight Boys that you love so much. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you've never heard of Patreon.com, it's a website where you can go and give uh, basically a monthly donation to the podcast instead of having to be like, "I'm gonna give him fifty dollars one month." Like you, you can just be like, "All right, give me a dollar every single month. It's less than a cup of coffee a month. Sacrifice that little bit of dollar, and it helps us out." tremendously like i've never gotten more pumped about receiving a dollar than when i receive a dollar from you guys because it means that you're on our way to actually making this be something that possibly could provide a living like it's insane that that's possible but it's only possible thanks to you lovely patrons at patreon.com slash fight boys and of course we do have perks over there all relating to the great birmingham alabama based professional wrestling organization the j W.F. That's right. If you donate just a dollar a month, just a dollar, you will immediately be brought in to the J.W.F. You will be a superstar. Your name will be said. Your character, your announcement, everything. And you will immediately be jobbed out. I'm sorry. You only paid a dollar. But hey, you get said. It's amazing. Donate five dollars. Hey, bye. Donate five dollars, ladies and gentlemen, though. And you, you, 
will be a JWF mid-carder. You will be like my father, Scott Moore. He donated money. He has the cash in the bag briefcase. He could be on his way to becoming the next JWF champion, all because he donated $5 at Patreon.com. But, of course, that's just chance. He might become champion. We don't know what could happen. But if you donate $30, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, $30 over at Patreon.com slash Fightboys, well, then... You will be well on your way to becoming JWF champion. You will probably instantly become number one contender. Throw you into all the big storylines. Put you in a storyline against the Dylan, Dylan uh, Griffin, whoever our champion is at that time. You will be thrown into that storyline, and we will make you a JWF champion. If you only donate $30 over at Patreon.com slash Fightboys. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time. For the greatest single professional wrestling organization based in Birmingham, Alabama, in the world. I'm talking about the JWF. And uh, last night was the Big Balls pay-per-view. And gentlemen, let me tell you, one hell of a pay-per-view, if I may say so myself. We had uh, Um. Brunch Boy Baron Corbin versus Momoa Curry. And what was one of the most vicious last man standing matches I had ever seen in my life? Blake, Blake, did you get a chance to watch the match? Well, first I would like to say other pay-per-views were available. And you know what? (laughs) You didn't miss anything if you didn't watch the others. Because everything that happened for the rest of the week... It happened better at Big Balls. Bigger, better balls. Bigger, better ballers. And I like the match. Well, bigger, bigger, yeah, better right. baller. The- ball, ballier. Ballier. They're ballier. Ball, ball, ball. And then, ballier. Um, and of course, uh, Brunch Boy had a match against Momoa. I think both of them are still having to nurse their injuries. It was a oh, oh, hey, horrible match. Hey, Scotty, match. have you tried to hold up your dad for more money to try and actually, so he can actually be champion? Oh, yeah, I, I tried it the other day. It didn't work. Uh, that being said, though, um, and then, of course, we had the VWO versus the team that eventually became known as the Fight Boys, consisting of Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, and the Dylan, our JWF champions, faced off in a brutal, one of the longest matches I think I've seen in JWF no. history, three-on-three elimination match. And, of course, if the VWO were to win the match then they would become the instant number one contenders to every championship in the JWF. But if they lost, Mm -hmm. they were going to be kicked out permanently. But after that devastating match, I don't know what it was. I don't know if the Fight Boys, they couldn't get their (laughs) team together. I don't know what it was. But the VWO did end up victorious at the end of it, which means we have new number one contenders. Oh, what's your opinion, Blake? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just, all all I will say is um, there may have been some problems with the recording equipment, but the match... Um, that we got Dylan. I don't know if you saw it, but it turned it turned in from a three v three elimination match into a very very long one on one match. It was it was a very vicious match. Came down to uh, Travis Clouds versus Scotty Moore, and we thought Scotty Moore had it was going to deliver a devastating elbow drop off the top. At which point Travis jumps yeah. to his feet, hit a devastating actually big before vape and boot. before Scotty uh, did that elbow drop. It was weird. It was like he almost he shouted "ooh ah" and uh, something about his yard. <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange. It was a very strange moment. But of course, jumps off the top rope. Travis jumps, hits him with a big vape and boot, taking him down, getting that pinfall for his team. And we have new number one contenders in the form of the VWO. And then of course, 
one of the first cage matches we've had in JWF history as Tim Curry took on Kid Rock to try to defend his JWF title, championship title in the ring. And it, it was horrifying. Like, uh, as we heard last week, Kid Rock was telling us that that Tim Curry was attempting to play to the audience, that he was being false to the audience. And it almost seemed like Tim Curry was doing that. He was playing to our crowd. He was trying his best to get the audience to cheer him, not focusing on the task at hand, which allowed Kid Rock to capitalize at the last moment, hit a devastating superplex, knocking the door of our cage open and allowing Kid Rock to climb and become our new JWF Celebrity Championship in what was an amazing match. But of course, as we have in any championship contract, in any championship match, there must be a rematch, and Tim Curry is a man incensed. He is a man on a mission. He is a man who wants his title back. And therefore, ladies and gentlemen, to start off JWF this week, we have Tim Curry versus Kid Rock. Have I ever told you guys how, like, despite the fact that I don't agree with all of their policies, how Chikara's idea of the fact that there are no rematches, you just have to have three consecutive wins... Is, is the greatest way to get around that old, tired cliche of let's have the same match six times in a row with rematches. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That being said, uh-huh. though, it's time for a rematch as Tim Curry takes on <laughs> takes on Kid Rock. And I'll tell you, that match, match is def- it started off Tim Curry, all of that trying to play to the audience that happened last night, it seemed to fall away the darker side of Tim Curry, the the side we saw at the Cash in the Bag pay-per-view when he came out as the horrifying Pennywise the Clown, it started to come out again. You saw that darker side of Tim Curry, and I'll tell you... I mean, he did he did shave his hair since last oh, night. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, went back to his normal Tim Curry look. Did not come out as he did last night. If you want to see what that was, make sure to go to the uh, BS Network YouTube page and you can find that out. But, of course, uh, he, he started really taking taking it to uh, Kid Rock, but after a while Kid Rock started to fight back, hit him with a ba went to blast in the middle of the ring, went for the pin, Kid Ro- or Tim Curry kicks out, and then eventually, Tim Curry picked him up, hit him with a head bonker I thought I thought it was, it was one of the most devastating ones I've seen in my entire life Tim Kid Rock's head bounced off the mat, I thought he had an instant concussion and then of course Tim climbs to that top rope, signals for the Tim Tam, those vis- devastating double foot stomps to the chest of Kid Rock, but all of a sudden do you hear the music? No! It can't be! It's Guy Fieri! Guy Fieri's running to the ring! He's, oh no he's grabbed Tim Curry off the top rope, he's hit a muscle buster on him on top of Kid Rock Muscle buster, that's illegal! It's, yeah I, I guess we're gonna have to talk to Captain Tibbs about that afterwards, but my God, and now he's picked up Kid Rock. He's taken out both uh, the number one contender. He took out the champion. Guy Fieri is back, and he is better than ever. It looks like he's picking up Tim Curry. Oh, he's trying to hit the snack attack on him, but no. What? I We haven't heard from this man in years. Is it? Is it? It's Patrick Warburton. Patty Warbucks has returned. He returns. He's it's been a hot minute. Runs, run to the ring. He grabs. Yeah. He grabs 
uh, Guy Fieri slams him into the mat, tosses him out of the ring, picks up Tim Curry, just saving him. But, oh wait, Tim Curry looks like he's slapping away Patrick Warburton. You hear him saying, I don't need your help. My God. I guess, I don't know if that dark side of Tim Curry is coming out, but he definitely did not want that help from Patrick Warburton, but I, oh, but I'm, I'm just getting news right now, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like these men are going to be able to settle their differences next week in a tag team match player. It appears as though. Holla, holla. Yes, okay, holla, I'm getting holla. it. Guy Fi, holla, holla. G- holla, holla. Guy Fieri is going to be teaming up with Kid Rock in a match against Tim Curry and Patrick Warburton. And then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, I think the biggest news to come out of last night's Big Balls pay-per-view is the fact that we do have new number one contenders, the VWO, which uh, means so many things for the JWF moving forward, whether that be a new tag team champions, a new possible JWF champion. And it may mean a change in game plan for our current cash-in-the-bag briefcase holder, Scott Moore. I thought, and, I thought it was a uh, lunchbox. Great... Do we, we actually get the money for a briefcase? I thought it was just a, a like a lunchbox uh, that just like had briefcase like like painted on it in crude letters. Well, we call it a briefcase, but yes, oh, yeah. it is a lunchbox. <laughs> but uh, it's an old lunch pail. But our but our great interviewer, Honeypots McGigglepie, is backstage <laughs> with Scott Moore right now, and he uh, he has a few questions <clears throat> for our cash in the bag championship holder. Hello everybody, uh, Honeypots McSun Goku here. Um, tonight we are going to be interviewing Scott Moore, the cash in the bag holder. Mm-hmm. So Scott, uh, after last night's three-on-three elimination match, it appears as though there is a new number one contender to the Dylan's JWF title. As a man who's gone on record many times saying that you are holding that cash-in-the-bag briefcase just long enough to kick Dylan's ass, how do you feel knowing that there might possibly be another JWF champion in the future? Well, to be honest with you, honeypot, as much as I'd love to kick the Dylan's ass, that's not why I have this briefcase. I have this briefcase because stored inside this case is a moment. And it's a moment that I'm waiting to give to that JWF universe. It's a moment where no matter who is in that ring, whether that be the Dylan, whether it be Griffin Clouds, whether it even be my son, Scotty Moore, I have in this briefcase a moment to go out and prove to the JWF universe that I deserve that title. And that's worth more than a thousand days of beating Dylan's ass. Oh, well, that's very nice, Mr. Moore. That's very nice, Scott. Uh, I guess I have a follow-up question. Uh, You actually mentioned your son, Scotty Moore. Uh, You mentioned a man who has actually been hanging out with Dylan in recent weeks. What's your reaction to your son suddenly, suddenly being so close to the Dylan, the JWF champion, as they've palled it up and got them together to form the Fight Boys, as they like to call themselves. All right, look, he might be my son, but I can't control him. He does what he wants. He teams with who he wants. He he does whatever he wants. Well, 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 would you look at this, boys? If it isn't Mr. Cash in the bag. Uh, 
Listen here, old dad man. <clears throat> Let me give you a little piece of advice from the vape master general himself. Toss your moment away. Toss that briefcase lunch pail by the side. Your sandwich is all moldy. Listen, that coffee is cold. You're not even gonna like it. Because the very instant that I take that JWF championship away from the Dylan, the only moment that's gonna be stored in that briefcase is a moment where you come out and embarrass yourself in front of the entire JWF audience. And that son of yours, that son, well, he's not gonna be doing much better. Because my brothers here, they're going to take away those tag titles, too. Because we are the VWO. And we got our head in the clouds, our feet on the ground. And soon enough, we're going to have the JWF championships around our waist. Vape drop! Wow, interrupting the interview. This weird move from Griffin Clouds to... The man who could possibly take that title away from him, Scott Moore. I, shocking I words mean, from him. He just dropped, like, a $500 vape rig on the ground, and it exploded. Mm -hmm. Like, he just did a literal vape drop. He doesn't care anymore. He, he pulled he, out another one. He, they, are, um, they are men in sense. They're men destined to destroy the JWF, if that's any indication of what's to come. They, as number one contenders, are not something to be taken lightly. And I think if anybody knows that, it's the team known as the Fight Boys, a team consisting of our tag team champions, Scotty Moore, Blake Tanner, and of course our JWF champion, the Dylan. And after last night's events, they're sitting in our ring right now, and I think they've got a message for the entire JWF universe after last night's loss. So... I'd like to start this off by doing something that I don't exactly like to do, but I have to apologize. I have to apologize to every wrestler in the back. I have to apologize to Captain Tibbs. And I have to apologize to the JWF universe because last night I had a shot to take out one of the biggest stains on the JWF. I had a shot to wipe the VWO off the face of the JWF television forever. I had a shot to save the JWF. And I failed. But I just have to get back up again. Because the VWO may still be here, but so are the BS. Because it doesn't matter how bad they beat us last night. It doesn't matter how my head was pounding as I woke up this morning because Griffin Clouds decided to slam my skull against that mat time and time again. It doesn't matter that Travis nearly knocked my head off my shoulders with a vicious kick. No, no, no. It doesn't matter because I got back up. I showed back up to TV to let the VWO know one thing. You knocked me down last night. Way the fuck down, but you won't do it again. Just remember, I'm the man that kicked out of the undervapor. I conquered your unconquerable move. I came within inches of defeating you last night. And when you stand across from me 
in this ring, and my title, my pride, and the honor of the JWF is on the line, well, that's the minute I will fight tooth and nail with everything I have to make sure this title stays where it belongs. That's right, VWO. Uh, you know, you won the battle last night. You kicked out of things that uh, we didn't think would be possible. You survived some of the most vicious moves I've ever seen and I've ever given. And you proved something to us last night, that you are a real threat. You proved to me that we've been taking you too lightly for far too long, and you proved that we need to start taking you seriously. But while you may have won that battle, you are very far from winning the war. Look, we may not have gotten rid of you last night, that's fine. But we will get rid of you. That's a promise, Cloud Boys. The JWF deserves much better than you. The JWF deserves people dedicated to this company, who care for this company. People with indomitable hearts and souls. The JWF deserves the best. And you know what? You can't spell the best without B.S. Now, I'm, I'm not one to make excuses. I, I admit my, uh, my pride got the better of me last night, my confidence as your champion. This, uh, you know, toy store belt. You know, give me a little extra swagger and you know, fighting with others and getting a good elimination. Got me a little ahead of myself, I, I will admit. But you see, the thing is, Griffin, I think that uh, you suffer from the same thing. You have your, uh, your brothers with you. If you and your little you know, shit-stained friends want to walk around, want to challenge for things, that's, that's fine. Because, you know, like Scotty said, you guys are a bit of a stain on this company. But, you know, actually, the more I think about it, the, the less I feel that you guys are the worst stain on the company. In fact... Oh. Oh! And Dylan delivers double clotheslines to the BS! Oh my god, what's happened? What? The JWF champion has just turned on his friends and the fight boys. He's pummeling him into the ring ropes. He's putting their heads against the mat with his boot crushing them. Oh my god, he's delivering punch after punch to Blake Tanner, tossing him out of the ring, and he's grabbed Scotty Morin. No. No, he's grabbed Scotty Morin. Oh, a vicious upper dicker to Scotty Moore. And Dylan grabs his title. He holds it high above his head. That was a vicious attack from the Dylan. Why would he have done this? Blake, do you have any... Why would, some, why would someone do this to their own teammates? Many, many he teamed with not a day ago. I don't understand. Really? Let's not... Let's not... Let's not mince words here. Let's not pretend... I think that Dylan is a huge dick, um, and I think we've been seeing this build up, and I believe it was all but inevitable. Well, shocking events on this episode of JWF, Professional Wrestling. Who knows what'll happen next week, but you'll have to tune in to find out, ladies and gentlemen. So, Blake Tanner, what did you learn this week? I learned that, uh, you know what? Ryback only cares about shaking ass and getting grass. <laughs> All right, uh, Dylan, what did you learn? Uh, I, I learned that if I don't bring it up, we will forget about the greatness that is Chuck Taylor.
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah, we'll tweet him after the show. And I learned that uh, I, JWF Tag Team Champion Scotty Moore, learned you can't trust anybody. And, of course, the Dylan can be found on Twitter at SexyChuckET. Uh, Blake, where they can they find you? You can also find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. Um, I do video game videos about video games on the Darkroom Vidya. That's a YouTube channel, the Darkroom, D-A-R-K-R-O-O-M-V-I-D-Y-A, Vidya. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can buy my book on Amazon. It's called Queasel Corp, A Tale of Dicks and Douchebags. That's spelled Q-U-E-Z-A-L-C-O-R-P. Stay tuned. I actually have some really fun announcements involving Queasel Corp coming out soon. Um, and then make sure if you're listening to us on iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us, make sure iTunes knows that, hey, we're actually doing pretty damn good stuff over here, you know what I mean? And as always, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. In addition to all the other great BS Network shows, you can buy our merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Donate to the Patreon. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life.